morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, unfortunately right now, the text lines are are down. So if you'd like to join me, it has to be phone. So uh, don't be afraid to get up on the phone line and give me a shout. And uh, I'll let you know if anything updates with the text. But right now, it's only phone calls. So 403 974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 and those are the phone lines so if you'd like to call in and uh, and give me a shout. I was amazed that uh, we're, we're still planting a whole bunch of trees. We have a couple of larger projects. We're just finishing up planting a bunch of spruce trees um, just out on an acreage and uh, amount of moisture in the ground was actually, I was, I was fairly impressed. <laughs> we had the tree spade out there and uh, we're digging down three feet, and it was actually quite moist, um, the clumps of the clay that we were pulling up. And uh, so, which is a good sign. We're getting some We're getting some of this good early moisture into the ground before we freeze up. Um, the ground's still definitely not frozen. So, uh, again, with this warm temperature, um, if, you, if you get a chance to get out and give your trees and shrubs that one last water, it's supposed to be up to 15 today. It says it's 11, but driving in my truck... Um, it was saying three or four, so I'm not too sure exactly where they have the their thermometer. They're saying 11 right now, but it is still a little bit cooler. And one thing I just noticed, uh, and it's not a gardening topic, I guess it is. It costs you money to go back and forth to the garden centers. Is the price of gas? They're just driving from one end. I've seen as low as like 94, and I've seen a dollar eight, and that was within two or three blocks. So. Um, so pay attention before you pull into your favorite gas station. You can save yourself a, a good uh, chunk of money. Something like if you're filling up my Tundra, it, uh, you can save yourself a good 10, 15 bucks just by driving another half a block. So pay attention to, to your gas prices out there when you're going around. And today, Chris is going to give me a shout um, from what's hot in the tree lot. But we're going to cover, we're going to talk about outdoor arrangements how to make them, what to do, how to preserve them, how to get them to last the longest. And because uh, I know they're flying out, people, everyone's picking up their greens right now. Um, I know the ladies in the back, uh, Carolyn and and Chris back there, they're making arrangements like crazy. So uh, lots of those flying out. And these last, uh, these next three weekends, we're down at Spruce Meadows as well. We have our little Christmas market down there. Not our Christmas market. We're part of the Spruce Meadows Christmas market. So if you're down there, say hi to us in the tent. We have a, all our Christmas um, decor set up down there as well. And a lot of it is different than what we have in the store. So uh, stop in, have a look, and uh, and say hi. So that's always a, a good time. And the weather's beautiful. And uh, we're only about uh, 50 steps away from the mini donut guy. So if... Uh, if you want some mini donuts and some spruce it up, <laughs> go down to the middle of, of Spruce Meadows and you'll find us there. And uh, also trying to get hold of uh, Mark uh, Terozo. He's supposed to be giving us a shout from Prune It Up. We're going to be talking about the the things that we should be looking for with our trees and shrubs as there's lots of that that needs to get uh, looked at as the leaves finally fall off and getting blown off in this wind because a lot of leaves got just frozen on and it was just sort of freeze-dried. And I've had lots of questions asking, is that okay? It won't hurt the tree. It just, they didn't get to their full potential of where they release and fall. They just got freeze-dried on on the on the plant, on the trees and shrubs. So um, they'll slowly fall off here over the winter and, uh, and uh, you'll be fine. So 
the main thing is if you've had um, diseases, birch leaf minor and black knot or any of that uh, on your cotoneasters, all the scale, and that just do a really good cleanup of those type of leaves. The other ones, you can pile them up into your shrub beds. I don't like to leave a ton on the grass. You can leave a little bit on the grass, but again, I like to to blow them all off into the perimeter of my yard, and uh, that way it gives their trees and shrubs a little bit more winter cover and uh, give them a little more protection over the winter time. So, which is important. And uh, just want to mention too, uh, if you're if you're one of the fans of the calendars that Abby he. Uh, he takes these gorgeous pictures of his yard throughout the whole season. And then he makes a calendar uh, for a fundraiser of his choice. And, uh, and then we sell, we help him. We sell the calendars down at Spruce It Up. So if you're looking for a local garden calendar as a gift, and we got these Cavallini prints, these, they're sort of, they look like, uh, uh, I guess antique posters and I'm trying to think of the right word, nostalgia posters in gardening Christmas and uh, different things. We got those in stock for Christmas as well. So lots of, lots of neat little gift ideas down at the garden center for that gardening person in your, in your life. And also gift cards are always very popular at this time of year. So if you're looking for something for that person in your life that uh, loves gardening, we have lots of different things, lots of tools, and uh, and lots and lots of Christmas decor, and also we've uh, left our greenhouse all full of tropicals. And now, as the as tropicals have become more and more popular, so we've left that full. And lots of great new pots have arrived. So lots of lots of neat things and uh, in the garden centers right now that you can have a look at. Fresh cut trees arrive this week. They're on the train right now. They're coming. We only bring in Canadian Fraser fir. I bring in a few balsam for some people, but um, what I mainly bring in are the Fraser fir. We don't bring them in from BC in that because typically those type of trees, they're a warm climate tree. They need to be frozen, like from a colder climate, like so Ontario and that. And because uh, when they come into Alberta, if they if they bring them in a warm climate tree, what happens is that they just when it gets really cold and they freeze here, sitting in the truck, all the needles just fall off. They don't last as long. So we bring in the Fraser firs. Um, we have a great great uh, Canadian grower that we work with, and uh, super excited to get those in. The trees are always the. Like I said we've worked with them for the last couple of years, and best ever we've ever had. So. Um, anyways, if you're looking for larger and small Fraser fir trees and a few balsams, also wreaths we get from them. So all kinds of different Christmas decor ideas will be hitting all your garden centers. And it's always a good time to check them out. And uh, so you see those unique items. I know we go to Atlanta and Vegas and uh, the Toronto gift show all over, just trying to find uh, those unique Christmas uh, decor pieces. And typically when we go to the show, you'll see them in our stores three or four years before they hit the box stores because they they send out all the new ideas and we shop them, we prove them out, and then the box stores get a hold of them and then they exploit them. So anyways, if you want the newer stuff, um, come check out your, your local garden center and down at Spruce It Up, of course. And uh, always lots of different ideas and different things that you can do out there and what else is going on out there right now all kinds of all kinds of gardening things what can you do out there today and i have mentioned uh, 
uh, watering a little bit. That's important. Wilt proofing all your cedars, um, cowrie boxwood, any of your um, upright junipers could use a little bit. Just protect some from that burn. If you have some red burn on some of your trees and shrubs, some of your some of your spruce. Um, that's just from being dry and the and and then freeze drying without having enough moisture in the needles and a lot of that. So just again, this time of year, and we're sort of blessed. We have a, a bunch of snow that came, the, so the moisture's slowly melting into the ground, which is really really good for our trees and shrubs. But right now, you can supplement that a little bit. It's supposed to be really nice for the next one or two weeks here. So let's get out, give them all a little shot of water. Don't don't just pour it on. Just put the slow trickle. One of those sweating hoses are, are one of the best ways of watering in your trees and shrubs or just a slow trickle out of the hose and just uh, slow and deep. Get those watered in really, really well. And uh, that will help you with your success next spring because there will be lots of moisture for it to be able to uh, come in and, and produce all those leaves and, and get going like crazy for you first thing in the spring. So anyways, looking forward to uh, to chat with uh, with Mark. He's going to call in around 10-ish, 10.15, and actually Cass Mike's going to call in. So I have a few people calling in today because as we go into this, the slower season, we try to bring some info in for you. So I'm not just talking, but if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide, wide open. 403-974-8255-1-800-563-7770. And unfortunately, the text lines are not working. If you're trying to text any pictures or anything, we have to just do it over the phone line today. So give us a shout, and uh, and we'll go from there. But right now, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And again, Brian has some flower tunes for us today. He's trying to get us into the into the gardening spirit. So uh, you can try. <laughs> I like it. It's all good. Let's go. Where's my phone? Oh, there it is. I'm on the, I mean, I changed stations today. Or not stations, but uh, workstations. So I'm, I'm uh, lost my phone here. So here it is. Let's go to the phone line, and we're gonna chat with Joyce. Well, Hi, you're Joyce. You're having fun this morning, aren't you? Exactly. Trying to find my, trying to find the phone, trying to figure out wow. uh, without no text. It's a little bit harder for nobody to talk to. No and one to talk to. Crape, you guys get I, phoning. I know. I got, uh, I got a bunch of, uh, I got a few guests coming in here, and throughout the couple hours, so Kath Smythe is gonna call in a little bit later. And Chris from Spruce It Up and Mark from Prune It Up are going to call in and talk about what we can do for the season. There you go. Yeah, so what's, what are you doing out there today, Joyce? Are you sitting on the deck on the wind? It's nice out there, isn't it? I went on the deck this morning as well before I came in. So. Yep. Yeah, just enjoy the, the Schnook Arch. and Living above. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, and my friend in Hazenmore, Saskatchewan, listens to you every week, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's good to have people sort of all over. We get quite a bit, in, again, in Vernon. We have Carolyn out there in Vernon yep. and a few other people out there. And usually I have, uh, there's a couple guys from California wow. and uh, Montana typically will phone in as well. So cool. we, sort of, we, we kind of reach the, the gardening world. Are you doing anything in the garden still or have you packed it no, all No, I packed it in. Yeah. What about inside? Yeah. 
give it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, well, thanks How for How do call- I do sweet peas? I, I haven't had much success the last few years. Um, well, Where's yeah. that sweet pea lady? She is Bailey's um, greenhouse. Yeah. It's just down by Pincher Creek. Oh, okay. So if you can Google Bailey's uh, Bailey's Greenhouse and Diana down there. Okay. And uh, and she has all kinds of different heritage variety seasons. She starts a lot of them. But the main thing is a lot of people put them in as soon as you can work the ground. Yeah, um, or in the fall. Yeah, in the fall. But a lot, most people do it in the spring as soon as you can work the soil. Yeah. Get out there, put it in a good sunny location. Yeah. Um, plant them sort of a couple inches down and yeah. uh, have a spot where they can hopefully hook on to. I love sweet peas because they're sort of that heritage, that yes. uh, that old style flower, and you don't see a lot of them anymore. And no. same with like gladiolas and some of the spring bulbs that that yeah. take a little bit more effort. Well, to... I got the wild sweet peas, and they just won't quit. Yeah, are, and are you getting <laughs> or lots perennials, of perennials? I mean, yeah, you don't get quite as many blooms, but they're still quite nice. They get quite a few on this one, but they're not oh, fragrant. Nice. Yeah. And that's the thing with the annual ones, you get the, the total, there are lots of fragrance in the bright colors. So, All right. Well, I'll let you go and get Thanks, to work. Joyce. Thanks, okay. Joyce. Bye Bye-bye. for now. Appreciate it. All right. And where are we at for time? We're good. Let's go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Morning, Merle. How are you today? Good, good. How are you doing? Oh, it's beautiful. out. I mean, I <laughs> just outside my fence, just a few minutes ago, I saw a pheasant. Oh, nice. I didn't think they overwintered here but oh I guess. yeah i know that's that's typically when you'll see them more often too is in the winter time because they hide amongst the brush yeah in, in was, the summertime so he was just hanging out underneath a big spruce and pecking at the grass and whatever he was getting there i don't know but it was nice to see that's for sure yeah they don't seem to be the brightest bird like no. when you see them on the side of the road like they just stare at exactly. you exactly i live close to Fish Creek, and yep. sometimes I drive down Canyon Meadows Drive, and yep. I have seen them fly right out in front across the road. Yeah, you almost hit them. Beautiful <laughs> bird, though, aren't they? They, like, they are beautiful. Yes. Yeah. No, and uh, I've seen my, I've seen lots of skunks, unfortunately, on the road, um, oh. laying there dead. But I seen my first live skunk. Um, just on the west side of Calgary, I was out at a project where we're planting trees on an acreage. And uh, the skunk walked uh, in front of Mark and I about 10, 15 feet. Just sort of this casually walked right by us. Well, you know, skunks are, um, they're, they're kind of, they're almost, they're not blind, but they can't see well. Okay. Which is why they kind of um, come out more at night, I guess. Yeah, this was right in the mid-afternoon. Yeah. And he just, he just sauntered, like I said, just walked right by us and like nothing and just. Yeah. It, it was like I said, quite a nice looking animal. Yeah, and um, they're cute. Yeah, you just you just don't, uh, and I think that's what draws you in. But you just uh, don't go too close to them. Obviously. No, and they don't want to. I think because I, I read up, we had it underneath our office trailer at the office. We had some living under there, so I did a bunch of research on them um, last year. Yeah. And they don't want to spray. That's their only form of defense because yeah. they can't see well. So yeah, when they get threatened, right? They just sort of do a right. big so broadcast. If you, if you leave them alone, they they won't uh, generally want to spray you. You know, I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have. But they love going underneath decks. Like I live in Cranston, down in Riverstone, and. Like there's ton like lots of people have them um, have the skunks love making their house in there and yeah and and most of the time no one's really been sprayed but it's just that chance that you go out in your front door and you you end up face to face with this guy and then yeah yeah well again because and then once they spray I guess it takes a couple of weeks for them to make more scent oh really so they don't want to spray unnecessarily 
Yeah, like I say, I did a ton of research when we had these living also underneath our office. Also, takes them a while to to refurbish yeah. that scent sack. Yeah, eh? and then that's their only that's their only defense. So they will only kind of do it when they really feel threatened. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, anyways, I have a question okay. about my orchid, which I've never got to rebloom, which is fine. I listened to Mary call in a week or two ago about the same thing, but I have this weird looking stem thing coming out from the top of the plant or yeah. like like underneath the leaves yeah. top coming out horizontally what is that that if, if it just looks that could be your start of a bloom but it's coming straight out horizontally yeah because sometimes they they'll grow if it just if it's just a stem that's a bloom so as it comes up horizontally, it, it'll hopefully it depends on where it came out and the leaf maybe made it go a certain way but that's probably just a uh, that sounds like you got a bloom maybe starting so and it so it come it's <laughs> it kind of looks weird like it doesn't look like a like when I say stem I maybe that's the wrong thing it almost looks like a it's kind of thick yeah okay it could be another orchid they'll send out baby orchids oh okay so, so I just leave that alone then yep just let it grow and then you'll start seeing a little bit of root on the bottom and then you can cut it off and then you can stick it into your uh, orchid pot, oh. and you'll have another new orchid. The main thing is is with your orchid is just get it into a area of light that's good, good bright light. Yes, so it is. It's and it, it is. It's getting very bright, sort of east southeast light. Okay, that's good. And what type of uh, pot do you have it in? Um, it's in like a like a plastic. Orchid. I have repotted it up since I got it a couple of years and ago. Did you use uh, like orchid bark or? I use the moss. Okay. Yeah. Then that's good. Uh, sometimes they get a little bit rotty on with the moss a bit. Um, depends how much you're watering. So that's one thing you got to be a little bit careful of with the moss. Okay. Um, but like Mary said, it's growing new, healthy leaves. It's yep. beautiful. Awesome. Like it looks really healthy. And do you feed it? I, I spray it a little bit with orchid fertilizer every so often. I would um, give it a little bit of a, like, just give it a little bit of a flushing, like put a half a cup and pour it all the way through. Of, of the fertilizer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just at, at, even at full strength after you water it. Okay. And then give it a shot of fertilizer. Okay. And I'd use, like, even 15, 30, 15, oh, something really? like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all keep right. it in the same spot, lots of light, especially going into winter. Um, but this is when, in January, February, you should start seeing some blooms, especially if you're feeding it properly. Okay, awesome. I will, I'll definitely let you know once a bloom comes, I'll be so happy. <laughs> yeah, because I left, mine was blooming like crazy, and I left it. And because a lot of people, I've read a couple times where you read, and it says cut off the stem. And, right. And, but we, I didn't, and it just grew a whole bunch of orchids on the end of it. So, anyways, so it okay. sounds like you got someone coming to your house, so... I have a little Yorkie that barks oh, nice. when he sees a bird. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Well, thanks, Leslie. Thank you, Merle. Have a good day. You as well. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. I'll give you a daisy, a daisy. I'll give you. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted locally owned tree service company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, lots of that kind of stuff. You can really see the 
um, structure of the of the trees and shrubs and uh, really noticing that right now. I've been spending a little bit of time with Mark, our, our uh, ISA certified arborist and the manager of the pruned up department cruising around with them we're just looking at trees we're looking at a few projects and uh, and different things but this time of year is really it's a great time to to prune your trees um and i know it, it is a little less expensive i know mark has a 15 percent off the regular price going into uh january and february and march sort of thing in the early spring uh winter early early late winter early early spring type thing um, a little bit less because it's a little bit easier for us to get in there. You can go uh, a little bit quicker and you can see the full tree. And I, I think you actually do a little bit better job when you can totally see the full structure. And it gives us a chance to look at the bark of the tree. And at this time of year, that's what I find important. If you get out, you look at your tree, um, you can really see if there's dead damage or diseased branches. Because when you start seeing different color change in your bark, it's no different than someone who's feeling ill and uh, and they look really pale or just look like they're sick. Um, your trees are very similar. You'll see a nice, healthy bark specimen going, and then you can just see a certain part of a tree, and it's just not looking good. And then that's really what tells you what's good or bad of, uh, of when you're looking at your trees and shrubs, and you want to make sure you have the right person um, looking at your trees so they can notice those things. And because uh, you, you invest a lot of money and uh, and looking after them, so and I just want to mention also we have our reindeer event coming up December fourteenth and fifteenth, I believe it is that weekend, and we are Calgary's only spot where you can get uh, pictures done with Santa and his reindeer, and uh, so last year <laughs> we had a, a, a Santa was in the sleigh. And one of the reindeers, because he has fill in, he just the the top nine they stay up and they're training for the big day. So, but he brings down some some of his other herd, the fill ins here and there. And one was named Trump that he nicknamed. He, his name is Trump, and he put his head on Santa's lap and he fell asleep. And it was it was honestly like Santa goes, Merle, this is a a, a million dollar picture. It's sort of Santa and the reindeer sleeping on his on his lap. It was. Uh, it was quite phenomenal. It was kind of, it was pretty cool to see. So, um, we're doing that, and you can sign up on our through our Facebook on Eventbrite um, to reserve a spot for it. And unfortunately, we can't bring any pets um, in on that because with the reindeer, um, we just don't want them going wild on us. So, uh, um, please, no pets. We're looking at doing another pet day where if we can get it organized in time to do some photos with Santa but at this time we're just doing the the family and what you can do is it's a pay one price come in you can come with the whole family sit in the sleigh sit with Santa chit chat with them with the reindeer and also we'll have the rest of the herd are all hanging out so you can pet them and all that fun stuff and uh, get pictures taken with them also Elsa and Anna from Frozen will be there so all kinds of fun stuff but right now I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Mary, and then I'm going to go to Chris. <laughs> hey, Mary, how are you? I am good. How are you? Good, good. I'm going to open the floodgates. Uh-oh. <laughs> Amaryllis. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, is it time to start them? Absolutely. Or, so you can yeah, have them no. a little early. No, you want to start them. I started yeah, well, mine the I other day. That. Yeah, because it's even... 
Like we're already mid mid November, right? Yeah, so if you I want know. It, I can't believe it. If you want it blooming fully by Christmas, absolutely. Yeah. Right okay. now, you don't want now, to wait eh? much longer. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Anyway, I wanted to ask you about those weasels. Uh, have they got white on them yet? Um, I have I, they got a tip on, uh, on their start, tail? They're starting to go white a little bit. I noticed the rabbits are sort of in that gray, whitey sort of thing. Yeah, that's how I predict weather. Yeah. When you see the animal. Mind you, I haven't seen a weasel for a long time because I don't have any chickens. The horses are thick already. The what? Horses. They're bent. No, they're thick. Like the they've thickened right up all their fur. Like they really got a heavy coat. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, that's a good that that's a good sign. Yeah, when they start to thicken up, then we know it's going to be. Well, it's it might be a tough winter, might not be. Who knows? It's hard to say. Eh? Well, we just live here in Alberta. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, good. You gave really good advice to Leslie. Just tell her you can win your grow orchids. You really have to be patient. You do, but once you get them going, yeah, they're, d- d- they're makes... really rewarding. Absolutely, and, I love and, them. And don't cut off the stems because there's no, some no. sites that no. say cut them off when they're done. Because you can get that thing, no, no. and when you get it blooming, you're gonna get that's they'll last six months. In yeah, bloom. it does. I had one here six months. Yeah, and I like it was to put beautiful. three or four. Like I like to get a big orchid pot and yeah. put three or four of them in the same pot. Yeah, they're really. I bought a nice orchid pot from you. They're really nice. Well, and yeah. then that way. If you can get them blooming a little bit one after another, you can get blooms a little more often. Yeah, so yeah, they're, I, they're quite satisfied. I I like them. They brighten up your house in the winter time. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah. from Stan Carver for a while. If he's listening, he he I don't know what he does. He he's the well, orchid he man. Moved, he doesn't do no, much. But didn't he move to BC? No, no, Stan's still. I think he's still here. He he likes oh. to travel too much, and then they they have their house in Lakeview there. So oh yeah, yeah because. Uh, you know, oh, they're so good. I would love to get one of those cat lab. Uh, maybe I'll see one when I go to heaven, if <laughs> I go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, you take care. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm just going to take a quick break, and when I get back, Chris and I are going to chat about outdoor arrangements and what to do with all that kind of fun stuff. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And it is only phone calls today. So, but uh, right now I'm going to go to Chris. And we're usually doing what's hot in the tree lot, but we're going to say what's hot in the Christmas pot. (laughs) (laughs) Not bad, eh, Chris? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not bad for a Sunday. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what I'm going to say. No. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Um, so we, now we're heading into our into the Christmas season, and uh, I seen you and Carolyn were in the greenhouse there yesterday, pounding out a whole bunch of arrangements and uh, and uh, and selling lots of greens and all that kind of fun stuff. But we do have lots of do-it-yourselfers, and we provide all the information and products for them as well so so if someone wants to do their own pots chris sort of what's the what's the steps that we we kind of like to do and steer our customers in the right direction 
Yeah, so there's a there's a couple ways that you can start your pots off. Um, I know often people think it's very intimidating, but it's actually it's actually not. And there's no really wrong or right uh, way to do it. It's just it's all just in the eye of the beholder, and you just. Uh, but the key thing is to make sure that you cut your ends of all your live greens. Yeah. So that <clears throat> the best thing to do is to kind of cut your ends, throw them in a bucket of water, let them drink up some of the water. Um, that'll help them last a lot longer. And then uh, when you're getting ready to put them into your medium, uh, you just cut them one more time and stick them in and then uh, water in your pot. Yeah, so with, we, uh, we do ours in soil. Yeah, um, so you can do them in soil. You could do them in oasis. I find that the soil... Um, tends to be a little better for me anyway. Yeah, it holds. Um, we used to do them, and then we switched over when, when you showed us this different yeah. way, and it, it works really well. And once it freezes, yeah. it holds everything tight, so it, yeah. it's great. And it's, a nice, it's nice for people if you just take in your old, your old uh, summer pots and let them uh, defrost and just use that soil right there. You don't have to buy any. Just uh, <clears throat> make sure that it's uh, nice and compact. It has to be filled really uh, deep and compact, so you want to step on it and make sure it's compressed. Uh, really good. Yeah, because otherwise and then it gets floppy everything. on you. Yeah. But typically when you are doing your, pick a center, either a red dogwood yep. or your birch or something, stick your center in first. Yep. So you start, it's kind of it's kind of just the same kind of recipe for summer pots. You know, you have your thriller, your spiller, and your filler kind of thing. So yep. exactly. You start with your centerpiece and there's like, you know, birch, curly willow, dogwood, whatever it is. Stick those in right in the middle. Um, those you don't have to trim at all because um, they, they're all obviously yeah. all dead. Um, and then you just kind of start. What I usually do is I, I start with, uh, like, let's say, four Douglas fir, some of the taller branches you want to kind of pick, and you just surround your middle. And then I also take a lot of – what people don't realize is you don't have to use your whole – your whole branch at that one time. Yeah, don't <clears> cut <throat> it. Start, and you don't mind cutting them in half at that point, right? Because exactly. it, it hides the cut anyways as you yeah. fill it. And trimming all the smaller pieces off of your cedar, and then you put those on out, on your outer edge. So that's your. So you use one branch can be used for four different parts of your pot. So if you have a wonky branch, you just trim off the branches that you don't want and use your your focal point of that branch, and then you just keep going around your pot and just sticking in. You know, if you're going to put some pine in, usually. What I do is where I put one branch on one side, I put the same one on the other side. Yeah. And then I spin it and do the same thing. And that way you kind of get a nice uh, full. It all looks the same and it, it gives you some kind yeah, of... Unless you're, yeah. yeah, unless you're doing one side if you know it's going up against the wall or whatever. Yeah. But it, I like doing the all-around ones like you're saying because then you can sort of... You can put them up against the wall. You can put them out in the center. You can put them yeah. wherever. Yep. And, so then uh, once, you got, once you got all your branches kind of in there and you keep looking back and filling in your spots, then you kind of decide on what your what your uh, decorations are going to be, whether you want to bling. go blingy or you want to stay natural. We have some awesome Jeffrey cones that we haven't had before, so they're not as big as the sugar cones, which could be, you know, eight inches long. Uh, they're really nice fillers to put in there. Yeah, uh, they don't use up all the space, right? Either, yeah. Like they're not overwhelming in your arrangement. Yeah. So, and then I, the Oregonia is a beautiful contrast. It has the variegated uh, white and green uh, leaves, so it gives you a nice kind of contrast. And then the boxwood also is a nice green, and they last a long time. Yeah, and, and they, but when you have all this, either lay all your branch out before you start an hour or so and spray everything with wilt-proof to saturate everything, or you can do it after. Yeah. To stick it out in the garden. Don't yeah. do it on your deck or on your no. 
sidewalk against your windows no <laughs> <laughs> who does that i did that no, <laughs> no i know door doors last year yeah yeah but yeah usually when you're done you just take your pot outside and uh give it a good drink uh so it'll your your goal is to have it freeze in there um so i make lots of containers that i have made in my past and and now they can last right into february march if they're not facing like the hot so yeah sun. don't stick them yeah, yeah. unfortunately love them unfortunately if you if your garage and that or in front of your house faces due south or due west put a lot of wilt proof get that yeah. sealed in but even yeah. on those real warm days when the sun's is blast even if you move them in but try yeah. and find a spot that's a little shadier because they will last a lot longer yeah 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 people don't realize that you look at some of those pots it is a lot like the summer pots um it's a good investment because it really does give you people think it only will last for two or three weeks but with the wilt proof and the watering in you can get those guys to last well and, and if you're buying your outdoor pots because we we have a large selection actually our outdoor pots and we get a lot of designers are really starting to come in and buying a lot of their pots through us mm-hmm. um, they're still buy one get one 50 off so your big pots but it's an investment that you can use now you're using it for your winter arrangement yeah. you can use it for an early spring arrangement then you can can use it for your summer flowers yep. and then also a f- fall so just use oh, a liner sure. um use a, a big nursery pot just to fill it for your different seasons and yep. then and then that investment of that uh, 100 or two or three hundred dollar pot um it will last and, and yeah. it's it, it's very economical year, that way. Year, year round uh year round color and for sure yeah. and that's how we usually do it we usually just take uh, you you can pick your containers that you want for your house based on the color of your house or what, you know, what or your favorite color. And then we just use inserts. So we actually plant um, the containers that you're going to put in there into insert pots. And, and you're doing just, custom arrangements for people. If someone comes in with a picture of their house or something exactly. and say, hey, I want, can you make me four arrangements for my place? You'll do that yeah. as well, right? Yep. Yeah. And we, again, absolutely. Yeah. I got a big one going out this week. I think there's eight pots. So nice. Some, some 20 gallon inserts going in so yeah there's there's a and we got some really nice garland that's a little bit higher end but also mm-hmm. you we can also make custom garland but we have some really nice garland uh I know Zoe had sourced some stuff out of mm-hmm. uh, out of Oregon some so that's where we got that oregana and some of these other different um and you got some boxwood square wreaths those yeah. are gorgeous and the round ones too those are hard to get and those are beautiful wreaths if anyone's looking for the boxwood wreaths yeah we got them they were hard to find. Um, and, yeah, the garland that we have that a lot of people like to line their fireplace mantle with, We, like you said, Zoe got some beautiful, that's called heavy, thick garland. So it's, like, probably three times the thickness of your regular garland. Yeah, and it's, I, and it's got... It's still, I find, again, obviously we always want to sell stuff, but I, it's still a little early to be putting the greens mm-hmm. inside the house, like on your fireplace, unless you know you're going to replace them sort of yeah. every couple of weeks or something because... Um, if you, especially if you're having a fire, you just, you definitely don't want those greens anywhere near that. And it's amazing that we're installing a fireplace right now on a project on a deck and just that we're following code and sort of the height of our mantle mantle and how thick the mantle is. And also this gentleman, he's putting a, a 50 inch screen TV above the fireplace outside on this deck. (laughs) So we had to put an inverter, a a heat inverter in behind from the fireplace to take the heat above the, above the TV, above the TV. Right. So all those things you just don't realize and, and, uh, and what we're doing. So it's kind of neat if, and, uh, and, uh, and this weather has been great. We're able to continue on with our, our landscape stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, no, you're right. All right, well, Chris, I'm just going to put you on hold, then we'll just finish up with what okay. other kind of things we have in store, and then we'll finish up. Yeah, you bet. All right, I'm just going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm going to go back to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Chris. And if you have any phone calls you'd like to chat about arrangements or how to do them or what to do, you can give me a shout, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. But right now I'm going to go back to Chris. So, Chris, what? what um, and I know... You're just starting to do the birch ones, and uh, and also you do a Grinch tree, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and we're actually going to do a uh, we have a workshop coming up too for um, a group that wanted to learn how to do it, and they're actually again pretty easy to do. Um, it's just a big no. A they're big... they're very difficult. You have to come get them from Chris. <laughs> you're right. They're very difficult. <laughs> actually, yes, you're right. They're actually. The concept is easy. It's just getting the shape. But, uh, yeah. No, to figure of... out how to do it properly. Because like, I've seen some really nice Grinch trees out there. There's a lot. There's a yeah. few of the places that do really, really nice stuff. And I've seen some that are pretty, like, holy coly. Yeah. Like, it's not just a, uh, I mean, some people do just use the cypress trees and just bend them with wire. Um, these ones are a little more, um, it's all cedar. So they're quite, they're quite pretty. I actually just made two yesterday and they're both gone so I'll have to do more of those so they're a lot of fun and yeah if you want to come into the store I can give anyone I can give you tips on how to how to do things and um yeah, Chris is she'll be stuck in the back corner today for, yeah. um, doing arrangements yeah. all day trying to pound them out yeah I'm um, gonna say something about the garland though um, yeah. a lot of people have uh, dinner parties and such where they and the garland is actually not it's it's pretty pretty cost effective Yes. If you're just looking for that centerpiece down the middle of your table, um, so it's something that you can use. You know, even if it does dry up, it's, even it's, just laying the brand, like buy a bunch of of cedar boughs mm-hmm. and just lay them on the table in the center. I've done that at a couple of dinner yep. parties when I did a little bit of decorating. Just yeah, lay them the lilac berries. We got yep. the orange lilac berries and a few of the tiny small uh, ponderosa cones. Yeah, you can. It's again, it's not it's not rocket science. And I know it really intimidates people, but you just have to kind of have fun. Well, when and, you're doing dealing with nice natural product it makes it easier right like when yeah. you lay out your cedar boughs obviously cut off the big branch part but you can lay them all out on your on your di- on your dining table and yeah. man it just adds that little festive and then you're you're also looking after spruce meadows you got it all all jingled up and yeah, uh, all spruced up. Yeah, sitting here in the there. parking lot, actually, right Are... <laughs> now. Just finished, just finished stocking up there. And, uh, yeah, the ilex berries are flying out of there and the sugar cones and, yeah. And lots of different lots Christmas of greenery decor. There. And we have some beautiful wreaths, too, that we brought in, the pepper, yeah. the pepperberry wreaths and the juniper. They're just so unique. And, uh, yeah, and, again, they're all they're all sprayed with wilt-proof, so it's something that it, it will last you quite a while as well. So, yeah. Some beautiful stuff. Awesome. All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for calling okay. in. And right. uh, if you're looking for her, you'll find her at the back of the greenhouse. The back corner. <laughs> with the Grinch trees. All yeah. right. Have a good day. All right. Thanks, okay, Chris. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, always, uh, always good to chat with Chris about that. It's very passionate, uh, very talented woman on uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I'm going to take a break here for the news. And when I get back, I'm going to chat with uh, another Mary about her lilac tree. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Alright, let's start gardening. I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Mary really quickly. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for being patient. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. How are you today? Very, very good. How can I help you? Well, we have a lilac tree that we have noticed just recently that on a, a number of branches of the tree, we have really large leaf buds. Like they look like they're ready to burst open. And we've never noticed this at any other time. And we we're wondering why this has happened. And is this going to affect how the tree, uh, the leaves of the tree will grow next spring? No, it, it's, it's sometimes with, with the lilacs and it's with a little bit of extra moisture and a little bit of warm, they push out a little, but they'll, they'll do that. And, I, and I've seen it every year on different ones. And it, it's yours is probably a typical common lilac or the French lilac with the smoother mm-hmm. leaves, right? Yep. Yep. No, and it is fairly common. It just, I'd get concerned if you see it pushing open, but um, they they do that. They kind of swell up and they just set their bud and they sit like that for the winter time. And, and so I know exactly what you mean, though. You're kind of looking at it, you think, God, it looks like it's going to leaf right out right mm-hmm. now. But um, it's fairly common. So, um, again, just if you get a chance, water all your trees and shrubs in one more time during this warm weather. And uh, and especially, it really helps with lilacs. And some people say, "Well, I didn't get any blooms or or something." But you got to think like a lilac in the springtime. It needs a lot of moisture and a lot of food to produce all those leaves first and foremost. And then they got to produce all those gorgeous flowers we we love, right? So if you don't mm-hmm. have the moisture in the ground, it Mother Nature kicks in and the self defense mechanism, and it shuts down um, what it what it can't provide. So. So no, okay. it sounds like it's it, it's pretty normal. Just ensure you water them in really good, and even if you give them a shot of fertilizer, either now or first thing in the spring, like the fifteen thirty fifteen, and you'll be good to go. Okay. Well, thank you very much for You're your welcome. information, and have a great day. Enjoy the nice weather. You as well, Mary. Thank you so Thanks. much. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Cass Smythe. The guru herself. Good morning, Kath. <laughs> Good morning. And uh, just uh, following up on um, on Mary there on the lilac. It's it, it is with those common lilacs. Sometimes they just stick right out in your face, eh? And it they of... all of a sudden you're looking and it. They've all of a sudden looked like they're just all there and they're presenting really large. But really, in point of fact, it's just part of the normal life cycle. Yeah, and I just think sometimes people maybe you don't notice as much, and you happen to yeah be by a certain one at a certain time of year, and and right. Right now is that is well that... it's warm so everybody's out yeah you know looking around i know i am i just came in from walking through just to see what was going on and you know to make sure the mulch had stayed on the uh, garlic because the wind was blowing and you know just we get out and we, we we're outdoors people we want to get out there oh, especially when it's warm yes no kidding <laughs> Um, so you guys got a bit going on down at the at the Hort Society. You got anything going on this week or weekend coming up? Well, on the weekend coming up, I'm doing the doorstep arrangement, but it's full, Merle. Awesome. I well, can't believe it's full. Well, I do believe it's full. And then the following weekend, we have a uh, holiday wreath workshop, one of my favorite things to do, and make that. You know, these traditional hand-tied Christmas wreaths. We yeah. do it with the moss base, and then we use the live greens, and it turns out really well. Oh, I'm nice. actually doing one of those for the um, zoo on Tuesday night. Oh, nice. Yeah. So is, is, can people sign up for that still? Yeah, or is actually, that... the one at the zoo they can still sign up for because they keep the lines do, open. Do you know I don't where know that how... is? 
Like, where do you sign? Is that through the, the zoo? Calgary Zoo. Okay. Yeah, and it's there under events. Okay. It's not under education. It's under events. Okay. Because this is a special event that they they put on. Okay. And if they didn't want to do the wreath, they could make a table center with Janet. Awesome. Yeah. So. so okay. No, and I know like I people like our, our greens and all that stuff are just flying out like crazy right oh, now. Oh, so. I know. And I I'm I'm loving some of the new ideas that are coming out. Are you guys making gnomes this year out of greens? Yeah, we're de- we're definitely going to be doing the gnomes. That's the next one. Chris is working on the Grinch trees, but the gnomes yeah. are the next one. And I've seen a bunch of those cute little uh, cute little gnomes on the. Made out of the cedar boughs, so with the tomato cage, I think they're so cute. I made last year just to play around. I made a thing that my uh, my, I'm sure you remember my friend Glenn. Yep. He called it thing, because I took it and made it out of a big tree, and it it took over my whole front step. And I put boots on it, and then I noticed that the kids were hanging things on it, and <laughs> so it became quite an article of discussion in the neighborhood. So I, I guess it's all in what the gardener does in the winter months, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> no, we try and find things, keep busy. Well, I just found four more amaryllis in my cold area, and so I just brought them out and fertilized them. So I'm, I'm thinking that I'm going to either have to make a choice between eating on the dining room table or having amaryllis. Do you put yours in the soil or the water? I use them in the soil. I, I, I found that I like to keep them and overwinter them and or over the summer and and keep them going. And I now have quite. A, I, I think I have ten or eleven amaryllis bulbs, but I bought two more. <laughs> so. and you know, unfortunately, the bulb season. Like usually, we run right out of garlic and all that. This year, we still had some left over because this the the weather that we had during the normal bulb season. Uh, yeah, the or the uh, er, late early snowfalls and and all of that. I I think I'm going to try because I did have some garlic left over. I'm them in a planter and yeah. insulate them at the back of the garden because that's why I was out there today. I was trying to find a location. Yeah, I'm going to store a bunch in our, we have a spot that's sort of in that minus two, minus three to plus five. Oh, good. So we're going to store a bunch and uh, and then plant up a bunch of tulip bulbs and see if we can get some of that happening for, oh, for I like Yeah, for February. Yeah. Do you remember when, when Wade Hartwell had that big old fridge? Yeah. <laughs> and he kept stuff back in there. It was always interesting to see what came out of there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all kinds of fun stuff. Yes. And, uh, all right, so lots going on at the Hort Society, yes. which is which is yes. good. Lots of arrangements, lots of fun stuff. Yeah, we're going to do that and table centers. And the member talk coming up on the 5th of December, the venue has changed. So... Make sure you check your let your newsletters and updates because the venue has changed. So we're moving to the Haysboro Community Hall with it. And Janet Melrose is doing a fascinating talk on the history of the holiday traditions with plants. Oh, nice. Yes. So and there is so many nice Christmas plants. And uh, I know it, it sort of seemed to creep up on us because we kind of went from win- or summer to winter back to summer again now. Yes. And and now we're in... Uh, now we're in the throes of the holiday season. And it's it's actually quite interesting to go back and forth 
and and discuss what we're you know what we're planting and then no wait a minute no I got to do Christmas arrangements so, yeah you know but it it's you know that's what gardeners are always doing we're always changing the changing it up and moving around we're versatile and we're optimists absolutely so when you're doing your gnomes you're just using uh, you just buy some felt to create a little hat yes I created a little hat out little of cone. out of some fat felt and then I used a, a Christmas ball and and made the nose. And I will. I, I found an old pair of mittens and gave him some hands. And well, nice. And then you just doodle around with them, and you can do like I had for mine. I had a red bird sitting on his shoulder. Yep. So you just tie him to the. Yeah. Like you said to your. Uh, you put your your tomato cage with the Upside points down. facing yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just wrap the cedar around it and and build it from there. And I actually, I decided mine should have a white beard, so I went and got some silver branches at the garden center and yep. and put the silver branches around it, and he just looked like he had a beard. Nice. It was, it was kind of fun. I, I really enjoy trying to create a different thing. Oh, you know? absolutely. No, I know that we, have a, we had a mannequin um, with one of our clients, and we, we made a dress. Um, she had enough fashion zero or something, and then we we made a whole dress out of this mannequin, and she kept it in her house. It was it was gorgeous, like it was. Oh, so, I bet. It was created a, out of a cedar dress, and then had a little bit of a gown on top. It was just it was beautiful, beautiful. So it, it's kind of neat when you do those uh, when you get super creative and and you think I can turn cedar greens into a gnomes, yeah. into Grinch trees, into dresses or whatever. <laughs> well, I had an old uh, dress mannequin in my mom's just an old, old-fashioned yeah. one, and I turned it into a succulent dress. She had a succulent skirt oh, nice. with chicken wire. And, it, 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 you know, I think it's just limited by your imagination myself. Yeah, no, and succulents are good for doing that kind of stuff as well. Absolutely. So. All right. Absolutely. Well, thanks, right. Kath. Thank you. And then anything you need to find, you can go to calhort.org. .org. All right. Okay. Thanks, thanks, Kath. Bye-bye. Thanks, Merle. You're Bye-bye. welcome. And uh, always lots going on down at the at the Hort Society. And if you become a member, you also get the discounts um, throughout most of the the garden centers through uh, in in Calgary here. And also a wealth of information if you go to the meetings that you can share and uh, and all that kind of fun stuff. And where are we at right now? Mark's going to be calling in just after this break. And then we're going to chat about uh, pruning. So if you have any questions regarding pruning, please don't hesitate to give me a shout, 403-974-8255. And that is the talk line and no text today, unfortunately. Or from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. I'm a little bit early for the break, but are we good? Brian says yay. So I'm going to take a break right now. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted locally owned tree service company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And right now we got the man himself from Prune It Up. We're going to chat about uh, winter pruning and heading into that season. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, bro. How are you doing? Good, good. So you and I spent a bit of time the last few days uh, looking at trees and uh, around town and uh, out on acreages. And and I know we do a whole bunch of work with uh, the spruce meadows out there and keeping those trees in shape. 
Um, but uh, she, I'm seeing lots of lots of deadwood, lots of um, broken branches, lots of fair bit of disease. Um, the summer and that has been tough on our trees. So, what kind of what kind of th- things are you seeing, or what should people look for at this time of year, Mark? Well, so so now this time of year, uh, you've had leaf drop. Um, so you know when you're walking through your yard doing inspections, uh, you know you can see the broken branches, you can see the the dead. Um, so visually, it's it's a little easier to to notice these these issues. Um, so so that definitely makes it easier. You'll see the black knot and in, in the Schubert's and the Maydays. Uh, so yeah, it just it just 100% makes it easier to visualize and see those issues. Um, you know, I I know a lot of people don't get out in their yards uh, as often as you would in, in the summer. Uh, so this time's also a really good time. Uh, you know, if you've made if if you know you had recommendations to take out a tree just because of some issues, this is also a good time to address that because you're not spending as much time. Uh, in your yard as you normally do and then you for uh, another good reason is uh, you'll have a clean slate for for springtime to replant and get some some new things put in uh, to make your yard a little more visually pleasing absolutely and then looking in, uh, again at the bark and because sometimes when you look up at a tree and all the leaves are gone it's hard to tell what is dead or what is damaged sometimes, but a lot of you just got, you got to look at the color of the bark. And I know I talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, that's really, that tells you, especially like on your aspens and a lot of the ones where you can, your fruit trees, mountain ash, the, the skin, the bark tells you uh, the whole story. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost like reading a book right now. Like it's, it's definitely a lot easier to, you know, for the arborist to, to go through and, and make the right decisions and taking taking debt out and so yeah just it it's really a, a good time a lot of people just they they have this misconception they think that you know it's too cold um don't, let's not do it until spring but it's actually a really really good time and and the other reason too for uh, going back to removals um you know a lot of the times if we have a building or whatever around we lower things down with ropes and sometimes it's hard to get some equipment in uh, because your grass is a little bit softer because of moisture. You know, this time the ground's freezing up, so you can get that equipment in. You're not going to get ruts put in the grass. So it's it's yeah, and you're not worried about trampling someone's annuals or baskets yeah. or whatever else. Exactly. It's, yeah, which always and, and those things when you're dropping a big tree or even pruning off some dead wood off a big tree. Like you said, those are are safety concerns because you guys, I know, you have guys below a tree. When you have a when you have one of the guys up in a tree, you have one or two people below. You have ropes coming down, all kinds of safety harnesses. Um, so it, it does make it a little bit nicer and a little easier to work. And when it's not full of leaves, it, it, it is you can get in there and you can see the structure of your of your tree and shrub um, a lot better. Hundred hundred percent. Yeah, like visually with, you know, working with the crew, um, you know, your eye, eye contact is really important. So it, it, it makes it nice and easy for us to get the big hazards out. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a really good time to, to go through, walk your property, um, look look for those hazards, look for those deads and, and just give us a call. And, you know, 100% we can come in and, 
and do an inspection, get get you back on track. So when you're coming out in spring, um, you know, you have a nice, beautiful, healthy tree and, you know, you're giving it a fresh start like you need to. Yeah, no, once you get rid of that deadwood, all the energy goes into good new growth instead of trying to revive that old wood Mm-hmm. And which makes it really hard. And you're, you're, you were telling me that a lot of people are really looking to get you more in a maintenance program. You said people are asking for, hey, just book me in two or three times throughout the season and just come in and, and just do a little maintenance here and there and mm-hmm. and uh, and then also getting on your, your deep root injection on your fertilizer program. So, Yeah, a lot of the times we get calls from people and things are kind of, they've gone sideways. So yeah. that's typically right. Yeah, it, that, that usually happens. Like things get overgrown, but if you can kind of stay on top of it, uh, you know, maybe just have have us come in in the spring, do do a site assessment. Uh, you know, get, let us give you suggestions on what what we can do in phases. It breaks up that cost. It keeps everything, you know, kind of on track the way it needs to be. Uh, we are coming out with with the like we did a fertilizing program this season, but we're going to be fine tuning that here when things are a little bit slower in the office for us. So there's going to be some really good programs that we're coming out with. Uh, so it's it's just really good to to kind of stay on top of it. Don't call us in when it's too late. Yeah. Um, you know. Kind of stay on top of it, and that'll really, really keep your cost down. And also, it's easier on the tree, because if you go in, there's a whole bunch of deadwood, or you need to remove a whole bunch of crisscrossing branches. Um, you remove those, they're going to need to call you back again within a few months, because you're going to get a whole other batch. Until, yeah, you can until get you get it, growth. Yeah, until you get it trained up. And, and a good pruning job, typically you can't tell... That is pruned. You'll see a nicer shape and things like that. Mm-hmm. Things are cleaned out, but you you're, you don't want to see that um, top top top. And some people think, well, hey, I'm paying three hundred dollars or four, but I want to see a haircut. Like it's sort of, um, but you really don't want to like a, a nice pruning job. Um, apples and some of the things where you're trying to get them to go a little bit more horizontal is a little different. But a lot of your bigger trees, you just want to be it thinned out crisscrossing branches you don't want to see it topped off all over the place unless you have to yeah 100 percent uh you know preventative pruning for you know for broken branches and and airflow through the tree all of those things are super important and and you know being a little bit pro proactive and and getting on a regular maintenance schedule is is the way to go Uh, like set aside some money in your budget for for this because you spend so much time in your yard and you love looking at your, your beautiful trees and plants and, and shrubs. Absolutely. So, hey, Mark, you know, I'm just going to put you on hold and we'll finish up on a couple of spruce things. Let's talk about that and then uh, sure. we'll finish up. So let's put you on hold. i got to take a quick break for the news. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back. Let's go. Let's talk gardening. And if you'd like to talk some gardening, give me a call 403-974-8255. And there's no texting today, so you can only talk to me or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm just going to go back to Mark and we're going to talk about uh, 
deadheading or cleaning out the spruce trees as well. That's another one that I see a big difference in how much health um, it makes the spruce tree look that much healthier. And But that's not an easy task, is it, Mark? No, absolutely not. Um, so, so the way we like to do it is we, we actually physically climb right to the tops of the trees and just start taking out all that dead underbrush uh, as we work our way down. And uh, well, one, it'll create some airflow in your tree. So if you're like worried a little bit that your tree is too tall, airflow is going to be really important for the tree. And then the other thing too is you're going to be pushing in, in the spring, you'll be pushing new uh, the nutrients to uh, live portions of the tree rather than those dead portions. So it's really important. Yeah, I was uh, I was impressed because I know there was a couple big ones, and I was on site with you guys, and uh, it was in Lake Bonavista and the big old spruce trees, and you guys had just finished, and there was two or three that weren't done yet. You were moving your way over to them, and then on the neighbors. But, man, you look up, and the tree just looks so much healthier and just cleaned out, like this, like you said, all that airflow and and death because a lot of spruce trees are suffering in Calgary and uh, they do need a little extra tender loving care um, some of that deep watering and and the clean out makes a big difference Yeah, the clean out the deep watering uh, deep root injections all of those things you'll notice a huge difference like if you just walk through your neighborhood and you and you had it done you look to your neighbors you'll just it's just day and night it's, yeah it's really really impressive and, and, and as the city grows and as our trees grow in our city lots, there's only so much earth and so much water there. So we do have to supplement as our canopy of all our trees grows, especially in the inner city. I know like out in the Mahoganies and the, and the Cranstons and Auburn Bays and and all that kind of stuff out that way, Copperfield, they're all great neighborhoods, but they, they the trees haven't grown quite They still have to water them and do all that stuff. But it's really important, too, when you get into the inner city and you see these big, big trees and you see a lot of them in, in, in dire need of a, of a bit of work and some cleanup and a little bit more water. So it, they're not, it's not maintenance free, right? Like you gotta no, no. give them some and, care. And with the, the spruce deadwooding, it's not something that you're doing every season. Um, you know, you can, you probably don't only have to do it every five to seven years. It's, uh, it's, you know, to have someone come in, yes, there's that cost, but then you'll really, really notice a huge difference in the tree. And, and again, it's, it's not something that you're addressing every year. Yeah, I know you can just do it, and you'll you'll receive the the benefit of looking after that. All right, no, I just and and like I said, and as I talk about it more, and I'm learning more too um, with our pruned up team, and I'm seeing things. Um, there's a lot of trees that need some work, but there's it's it's salvageable. Like it, our canopy is fixable. And, uh, but we do have to, if, if you can't afford the deep injections or anything, at least do the watering. And I know that's a, that's pricey. So do the soaker hose. You're not wasting water and and things like that. Just try to, uh, um, do that. And hopefully next spring too, we're going to try and convince Mark to do a few, uh, pruning, pruning courses and a few pruning, uh, seminars to show people how to do a little bit themselves and, uh, and, uh, without, uh, getting too much too much damage done to your trees so we'll get we'll let mart uh, show us some stuff on that some workshops all right yeah, well thanks all right well thanks for enjoy the rest of your day thanks bro and okay. uh we'll see you tomorrow
Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thanks to Mark Trozo um, from Prune It Up for uh, giving us some tree tips and uh, trying to look after all our trees and shrubs here in Calgary as it's, uh, it, it is big. And as our, as our canopy grows and uh, in some of the, the drier conditions that we have had, um, this moisture is good because like I was saying on the job site um, yesterday when we we're pulling the big plugs out of the, out of the soil on planting some of the trees that we're still doing, um, it was just nice to see the ground, ground level of moisture rising up and actually there's a fair bit of moisture in the ground, which is, which is good. So we, we just don't want to lose that. Again, get out, give your trees and that a hose down, especially on a day like this supposed to be plus 15 out so it's going to be gorgeous out there so but it's also a good time to get out give your uh give your trees a little soaking spray them down all your evergreens get that dust get those bugs out of there and all that fun stuff and if you happen to know and notice any broken branches get your pruners out give them a little clean up if you if you need be if it's just a little branches here and there and uh i know i'm supposed to do some christmas lights i think today up on the on some willows in the backyard, so I, uh, I'm going to have the ladder out, and uh, I'll have my saw beside me just in case if I need to take out any branches. But uh, just trying to do uh, Christmas lights. I remember some calls we've had in the past with the old Christmas lights on trees, especially on the fruit trees, the heat given off. And you don't get that with all these new LED lights, but what it was is um, some of them would have their trees loaded with those old incandescent bulbs, and the amount of heat they would give off, they were actually getting the trees to sprout. And, uh, and I guess that's a little bit of a microclimate thing you could create, I guess, if you wanted. But it's, uh, it's, it's interesting what, uh, what a little bit of heat and it kind of tricks your plants into, into doing something that they're not ready to do at a certain time of the year. So anyways, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And again, thanks to Brian for the great uh, flower tunes. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we have Don on the line. Good morning, Don. Good morning. How are you today? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. How can uh, I help I you? I know we've probably taught you probably talked about this a bit before, but I'm I'm contemplating pruning a lilac. It's I believe it's a, one of those acreage style of um, lilacs, losa. Yep. Think of pruning it to the ground. It's probably about five feet tall, maybe a little bigger. Is there lots of deadwood in it or anything? Or there, there is no deadwood in it. Okay, it's just kind of overcrowding a couple other trees. Okay, um, with it only being five feet, you might want to just thin it out too. Like if you could just like shape it a bit, um, but or you can just take it right down to the ground and it'll grow back up from the bottom. So that's a fairly easy thing to do. But with that velocia lilac, you're going to have that problem then every couple of years too. So you might want to. Even look at moving it because it's still at a movable size that's fairly easy, and they have a they have a fairly fibrous root, um, so that they're, they're fairly easy to move. So, and that's what we're thinking of doing: just cutting it down real low and then move it in the spring. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's perfect. Just I would wait a little while, wait till January or uh, February, March before I cut it down. Um, that way, all the moisture is still down into it. It gives it a little bit of winter protection over those really cold times. And then early spring, just just take it right down and then move it at that time. And it makes it a lot easier to move. I, I do that with potentillas. Um, a lot of those kind of shrubs like that, I cut them right back to the ground and then dig them and move them at that time. It makes it a lot easier. And then you get them in that new spot and water them well, give them some fertilizer, 1050-210, and away they go. At this site, there are a number of older lilac, uh, carriganas. Yep. They're probably 50 years old. They're leggy and actually looking a little ugly. Do you think they'll handle being cut yep. hard? Yeah, no, and again, but don't leave them too stuck. Like, go right down as low as you can go almost. And okay. then all that good energy goes into the new growth. And, and this, uh, away you go. Yeah, they, they, be, they respond quite well to that as well. And this would be something for the spring as well. Yeah, no, again, um, just after the last couple of winters, we get that really cold, like that minus 30, minus 40 that we get. It's just nice to have those extra branches on there that take the brunt of that cold and let the death. Um, winter kill happen further up the branches because if, if you open up those wounds really down low and and they go through that winter time and if it dies back it's going to die back further into the root so this way it's happening further up and you're going to be taking it off anyway so um, I just like to if I know I'm taking something down I like to leave it until earlier early spring and then all the energy just comes up into all the new growth and and you've given it the protection over the winter time so I'm a, I'm a big advocate of procrastinating over the winter. Like, don't do any cleaning of your perennials unless there's, like, damage, dead or damage or disease branching, things like that. Um, take them down, cut them back. Um, but for as far as perennials and shrubs, I, I like leaving everything at this time of year until early spring. Then you do a nice cleanup, and then that way, like I said, all the energy, Mother Nature's did its job. It protected over the winter, and then you're able to get those uh, lilacs going first thing in the spring. Appreciate that. All Thank right. you. All right, Don, thanks. Appreciate Bye-bye. the call. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Yeah, that's uh, it's one that uh, you definitely got to just pay attention to and uh, and, and watch that. Uh, watch our weather and, and what your plan is throughout the wintertime as well. I know uh, one of the gentlemen here from the radio station wants us to take down his Katoni Astor Hedge, and, um, but for him, it's privacy is an issue too. So I said, let's just wait till earlier in the spring so that we don't lose all your privacy over the winter time. We'll take the hedge down early spring, and then that way it can just uh, flourish, get all that good energy going into the new growth first thing in the spring without losing your privacy. But uh, anyways, I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Darlene. Hi, Darlene. Hi there, Merle. I just had a quick question about my uh, package of Narcissus daffodils. Can I still plant them if the soil is soft enough? Absolutely, and the soil is soft for the most part. Um, okay. Like I said, we're digging in trees and we're hitting no frost at all. Okay, it's... I got the corner here. It's a bit of a north exposure, but I'm I'm going to do it anyways because the backyard just has planters. Okay, it's... And... um. Uh-huh. It's um and again with any of your bulbs, just try and put them into the sunniest location you can mm-hmm. though. Yeah, um, I am. Okay. You wouldn't advise them in a planter, say a um, twelve inch deep planter. Yeah, twelve inch deep is good, but in, over the winter though, you need to just keep them in like in a unheated garage. They can't get that real, real cold because they're not in the ground. They won't be insulated quite enough. 
unless it's a lot bigger pot. Then you just store them in an unheated garage, and you can plant them now in the soil to store them in a corner in the garage. Oh, okay. Unheated garage. Yes. Okay, that's the do. best. That's and a quick question about my mountain ash. The leaves are pathetically dry. Is, um, is it still okay to keep on um, sprinkler, that little sprinkler? Yep. Um, you know them. Um, you don't, For a couple hours today, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. Right now is a good time to water. And, and a lot of the leaves on it, are they got freeze-dried on. So that's just... Oh, is that a, what it is? Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay, it's just, that's so just much. a normal... Already? Um, I thought it was ready to... No, I thought I should pay attention to uh, the bark. No. Unfortunately, with... Uh, we were going into one of our best falls ever, and then we got that really cold weather and that minus 12 just yeah. freeze-dried all our leaves. Okay, so because the, the bark looks really healthy yep. and smooth. Yep. Okay, thanks so much. And that's one that you don't want to do any unnecessary pruning. Um, I've seen uh-huh. more uh, mountain ashes damaged from improper pruning because oh, people leave uh-huh. stumps. They're one that they like to shade themselves. They like a cool bark. So they're they're quite thick. So they're, they you got to be careful on your pruning with your mountain ash. So it's one that uh, I don't like to do any unnecessary or any topping no. or anything like that. Unless it gets a little close to the east. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, then you have I'll to. Do that. Thank you so much. All have right. a good one. Thanks, darling. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and uh, when I get back, I'll chat with Marge. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. I'm going to chat with Marge. Good morning, Marge. Hi there, Merle. How are you doing? Oh, good. Um, I sure appreciate your helpful and positive program. We, we try to stay that. We hear enough negativity over the week. so Yeah, no kidding. Um, I've got a Saskatoon bush. Um, it is more like a tree, and it is about nine feet tall. The fence is six feet tall and it's above the fence okay we can't reach any berries we don't don't get that many anyways but we can't, haven't been able to reach them you know what i mean yeah so we're thinking of, of cutting it down and i i don't know when to do it or you know how to do it really yeah do you just want to um, take it down like to the fence level or are you thinking right down to the ground and then let it come back up I thought the fence level, if yep. you think that would be better for the tree. It is. And at this time, because the branches aren't that big, right? They're just, because on those, you don't want to cut them if they're much bigger than your fingers. Because um, then oh. if you open up wounds, it can't really heal properly. But if it's only a couple feet above the fence, you should be fine if you just, if you cut it. And then I would, but again, I would wait to just early spring, like sort of okay. um, mid-March. Um, set a little reminder for yourself at that time that way it can heal properly in the spring it's like the lilac kind of yeah uh, absolutely and help thicken it up the problem is if it's up against the fence um, it's not getting the light on a whole bunch of the of the shrub I think that's what might be happening there yeah and it is so it'll be harder for it to produce fruit because Mm -hmm. of that and okay uh, so I would, uh, if you can move it to a sunnier spot, you will get, because it'll shoot higher because it wants the sunshine on the yes. upper part. So, okay. And again, they are a fairly easy shrub to move. Um, if you find a spot in your yard, um, you can dig a hole sort of two or three feet, a uh, foot or okay. two deep, 
and and dig out as much as the root ball as you possibly can and put it onto a tarp, slide it over to the new hole. And in tr- if you can get into a sunnier spot, any of your fruit, trees, things like that, they do produce much better with more and more sunshine. Oh, yes. Well, uh, we used to go along the coolies, <clears throat> and that's where the Saskatoon bushes were, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but... We're so happy to just have this one. So thank you very much for your You're time welcome. on that. Awesome. Thanks, Marge. Okay. Appreciate Good. it. Good. Bye. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye. All right. And I'm probably going to go to the last call of the day. We're going to go to Pat. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Merle. <clears throat> How are you doing? I'm doing fine. And I'm going to switch the tables on uh, you uh-oh. and give you a tip. Okay. Last spring, I went out to your center, and when I got there, you didn't have any Yukon gold. Okay. So I bought little giants, and they are the great, a great potato. Do you remember, or maybe you don't, the fellow on the back of the card says, Phil Baker, founder of Earth Apples. Yeah. And those little uh, potatoes are kind of an oval shape. Yeah. And they're wonderful. So bring them in again because they're in a small, for a city grower that only has a little bit of space, these yield well and they're good. So bring them in again, please. Absolutely. And and we're going to do that because of, uh, and they are an Alberta company as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I, I did, we, we got back in touch. We lost track one season, then they, they weren't able to supply us. And then last year we got back into the into the queue. Um, and yeah, anything, anytime I can try and get more local, um, seeds, especially like the wild rose heritage seeds that we bring in, people have really, really good success. Cause I like those because Shane with wild rose heritage seeds, he tests all his seeds and grows them all, harvests them all. And they work in our climate. Cause unfortunately in Canada, um, our population is spread so far and wide and the bigger population bases are in Vancouver on the coast and then obviously down east. And some of that stuff doesn't always work the best here. So I'm, I'm from, from an old gal with a fair amount of experience. I'm not as old as Mary, but I'm pushing her. And so I buy heritage seeds as well because I found out that tomatoes are better for us as well. Absolutely. And isn't it? There's nothing better than having your own tomatoes or potatoes. <laughs> Like, you don't realize, like, what they actually taste like. So all the younger generation, we're getting a lot of young families really coming in and starting to grow things. And I know I did that uh, segment with Leslie Horton on Global TV. Um, And it's even just amazing because lots of the younger people that work there and they're tasting these food that's actually growing and it's amazing the flavor. They go, a tomato doesn't taste like this. It has taste. Like, it's... (laughs) It's also fun. (laughs) <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, it's great just to and to know that you can grow your own food and uh, harvest. Like we did Brussels sprouts in the container. Right? We had a big uh, box garden that we built out there. And so we did Brussels sprouts, tons of Swiss chard. And we seeded three or four times. So you could do three or four crops throughout our summer um, when you have your gardens in the right spot. So. Okay, well, just wanted to tell you that Appreciate we need those it. again. Thank Absolutely. you, Absolutely. Thanks, Pat. Okay, Have bye-bye. a great day. Bye-bye. All right. Well, good feedback, and uh, thanks for participating, and hopefully you'll have the text. I won't be here next week. You'll have Cass Smythe and Pam Hunter is going to fill in, so uh, those two ladies will be looking after um, the phone lines and the Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to be... Uh, 
on a little sports trip with my son. We're going to Philadelphia to check the Flames, and then the Philadelphia Eagles are playing um, the Seahawks, so we're going to have a little bit of fun there. And uh, till then, thanks for that, and we'll see you in a couple weeks.